Parsons. And I'm Shauna West. Welcome to the Creative Exponent Podcast. This is a place where we talk about discovering, upholding, and sharing your creativity. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 32 of the Creative Exponent Podcast. And I know, dang. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But anyway, we're here with a guest. We have Janelle from Tono & Co., who is, we found her on, I I guess it was Pinterest and Instagram, probably both. Yeah, I found you years ago, I think, you know, but um, man. So Just she pictures the pictures. We, if you know Shauna and I at all, you know that we love paint and color, and yeah. so does Janelle. And she <laughs> um, photographs it beautifully, and she just has this fascinating business. Like I can't wait I to well, actually two businesses, and I can't wait to hear a lot more about it. So we're going to be chatting with Janelle today. I know. Thank you for being here. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. And we know you're having like a big anniversary, five-year anniversary sale right now. So <laughs> thanks for taking the time right. out of Not like a busy what I'm sure at is all. a <laughs> super busy time <laughs> to chat with us. Um, but to, so I'm just curious, how did it all start for you? Yeah. The whole, like both businesses, like tell us a little bit of that story. All give you the long story short of how Lavender started. I was in college and I wanted to pursue something I was passionate about. I had just come home from studying abroad and living with an Italian culture for a whole year and Mm. got home and was like, live like that forever. Like I want to care about the food and I want to, you know, eat local and I want to demand more of just my environment in general. And I was really kind of numb or unaware of what I could ask for in life. And when I came home, I was sort of reversed culture shocked into, I was working at the cheesecake factory before I went to study. Okay. Oh. That doesn't tell you how like, no offense, cheesecake, but opposite of, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, corporate yeah. And structured and I'm not corporate, uh, not very structured. Mm-hmm. So, um, I got back from studying abroad and I obviously could not um, start back my job at the Cheesecake Factory. And mm-hmm. I had been doing floral design previous to studying abroad, just kind of helping friends and family. So I thought maybe I should try to pursue that as a career. So I looked on mm-hmm. Craigslist for a refrigerator because I live in Southern California and it's, it's very hot. So being, it'd be similar to having a, being a chef, uh, without a fridge, you know, you can't prep. Mm-hmm. It just makes everything stressful. Cause if you don't have a fridge, you have to prepare everything within like a one day. So I thought if I got a fridge, I could really make this a real business. So I went on Craigslist, searched floral refrigerator, and I came across this company for sale called Lavender's Flowers. And Mm. I thought, you know what, I'm going to call this number and I'm going to get a job because I don't have a job. And I just got back. This is a great story already, by the way. I'm going to go back to cheesecake. I need to make money. All my money living abroad for a year. So I call and little did I know a man picks up named Larry. And I'm like, oh, weird. I just guess I was <laughs> stereotyping of like florists should be women. I don't know. <laughs> it's not true. The floral industry started actually very male dominant for most of the last hundred years. So 
anyhow, so Larry picks up and he goes, Hey, yeah, um, I'm not hiring. I'm selling my business. And if you're interested, by the way, this is long story long for sure. It's okay. It's no, it's, it's very yeah. interesting. Yeah. So I carry on so Larry. How about you just, I just want to come and see the space. So I show up in the space and I kid you not, it was exactly what I envisioned as far as the power of manifestation. I completely, at least for mm. me, it works for me. Mm. I visualized mm. this warehouse space that I could still make art because I was an art major. And then I could service clients and do weddings. And when I walked into this space, it wasn't a flower shop. It was this magical warehouse space. And I go, oh, yeah. gosh, this is my home. Look at this. This is amazing. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting there 24 years old, like, oh my gosh, Larry, please hire me. And he's like, sorry, hun. Like I'm selling this business. I, <laughs> my sister used to run it. We're having family issues. I just need to sell it. So I leave with my um, tail between my legs and go beg my mm-hmm. I'm one of six. So each sibling got a very whimpery phone call that day of me being like, give me money. I didn't <laughs> believe in me. Um, and I mean, bless my parents' souls. They are very fair. What is fair is not always equal. And they're like, you know, we can't give you an entire business because that's not fair to the other children. So unfortunately, um, you're gonna have to figure it out on your own. So I went to the bank and the bank's like, ha, 24 years old. <laughs> credit go away um so I went back to Larry and I was like Larry I'm so sorry I tried all the avenues I just can't buy the business but um you know good luck and Larry said well for whatever reason I believe in you and if you're interested in purchasing the business you can work for me through the summer to create a down payment and I will personally finance the business for you so I paid Mr. Andre off for five years I made him a personal payment we drafted a contract. He handed me the mm-hmm. keys. I gave him the money I made working for him that summer. And I worked really hard for five years. I lived in the warehouse. I still going to school at the time when I first bought the business. So I would be in my, you know, senior classes. I told all my teachers and I picked up saying, you know, Lavender's Flowers, this is Janelle. How can I help you? Like <laughs> running out of class, picking up these people, <laughs> hustling, just like, man, I have drive like not a lot of people do. It's pretty... Mm sometimes to the point where like you got to really I have to focus my energy or else I will manifest things that I don't even want so I have to like Mm -hmm. the power is real man you're speaking my language with this energy and manifestation talk (laughs) Marion and I laugh she's like you're a little bit of a gypsy (laughs) I wish for a lion and then I manifest the lion and then the lion eats me I had this with a friend of mine and she's like Janelle calm down breathe just don't think about lions take a breath yeah so I ended up um, getting this business I ran it for five years and then I um, started becoming more involved in sort of the art side of doing weddings and doing less flower shop stuff and just started to do a lot of custom stuff for my brides like hand dyed silks for their bouquets Mm -hmm. their tabletops I would do these beautiful runners. And I did this wedding and it got published. It got picked up by a wedding blog. And I got an email saying, who do you want to credit? And I thought, okay, well, should I just do ribbons by lavenders? I don't know. And then I thought, you know, what if I create a separate brand that's non-competitive and then other florists could buy my, my ribbons and it won't be this mm-hmm. thing, but like, it won't be confusing what we do. You know, it seems yeah. very different than flowers. So I, I thought I would brand Tono separate. And then a girlfriend of mine utterly engaged asked if she could sell my ribbons through her um, online kind of like Etsy for weddings platform. And that's really where it took off. She already had a presence online and in the wedding industry. So Mm -hmm. 
for about a year we sold through her that was um 2015 and in 2016 i launched my own online shopify shop which is what i have now mm-hmm. yeah shop um shout out to shopify we love you and uh, <laughs> yeah and then started my own thing and, and lucia became one of many uh, wholesalers that early engaged became just a wholesaler for us and we started a wholesale program mm-hmm. and we started selling direct to customers and we make all of our colors in house and yeah, now it's 10 years, 10 years later. Crazy. So many thoughts and questions. (laughs) Yes. I, I cannot tell you how much like I, I like, I love what you do and now I just love you that you (laughs) were going to buy a refrigerator and instead you bought a business business (laughs) from a guy named Larry who gave you a personal loan. That's great. I absolutely like we can relate. <laughs> I love it. And it's just such a, I think such a testament to your willingness to just not accept what isn't going to work for you. Yeah. You know, just being willing to be a little scrappy and determined and a little crazy mm-hmm. and, and work. I, I think people see that part, like they see the magic part and then they forget all the incredibly hard work mm-hmm. that happens. So I'm glad you mentioned that just how crazy um, yeah. your life was, but man, what a good story. I know. <laughs> came to my anniversary party. I did a five year anniversary for lavenders and he came to the party and I had paid him off. That's when I decided to also when I could afford anything other than rent and flowers. So he came to this anniversary party that I threw and my best friend um, got to ask him. So like, why the heck did you trust a 24 year old girl to take your business? And he said, when he met me, he could, he said he always has leaned on his intuition and he's been an intuitive Mm -hmm. guy his whole life. And he's felt that it's always guided him. And his intuition told him that I just needed a chance to set the world on fire. And he wanted to give me a chance. And that was it. I just got lucky. It was, had nothing to do with, you know, um, any sort of gift of like financial support. It really was just, he saw that I had the drive and I guess the energy and yeah. worked it out. I mean, I never missed a payment, so it all worked out and he was so flexible and willing to help me out and just be my like number one fan. I actually need to give Larry a call. It's been a minute. We check mm. in once in a while. That's awesome. I think you, I think you need that in a, as a solo entrepreneur, you need people who are willing to take a chance on you, whether it's even just, you know, a a big order from a customer or somebody um, trusting you to manage their wedding or somebody selling a business to you Mm -hmm. and personally financing it. You just need those people along the way to believe in you. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay. So let's rewind a little bit. Uh, Tell me about, because clearly with Tono and co, you know, color, it matters. It's kind of everything. Um, tell us a little bit. I guess that started in Italy for you. Is that right? Because you studied art in Italy. Okay. My goal originally was to be a art therapist. Uh, my father okay. has Asperger's, and he's just my number one fan and my best bud. And yeah. uh, our communication obviously works, but it doesn't work for everything in his life. So a lot of times I yeah. support and explain maybe what's going on or maybe some perspectives of some situations mm-hmm. might get himself into. So I just thought it'd be really cool to be an art therapist to where I could talk to, you know, people like my dad who are younger because he didn't find out he was diagnosed Asperger's at age 50. So this man wow. was years without knowing wow. 
that it's not weird to stare at people's eyes and all these things that poor guy, he just didn't, I thought, man, maybe I have this, you know, I've had this trainer and he's my best bud. Maybe I could, you know, use art to really uh, take down the walls, right? Like I teach and when I see people interacting with flowers or with pigments or whatever they're working on, uh, working with me, you just watch all boundaries melt away. When someone's being creative, you just have, you just let go. And it happens for me too. And I start designing, I'm like, forget that I'm hungry. I don't care that like, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe something's uh, bills due or, you know, (laughs) whatever happened, your your brain just kind of goes into this really comfortable, cozy space. And I thought that'd be really cool to give someone who's maybe apprehensive to someone new, uh, you know, an in. So I started studying art and communicative disorders. And then I just started going, man, I just really love art, but like, I don't know if I'm able to like make that a career. Maybe I'll just, you know, explore. I was a very mm-hmm. uh, explorative, creative, <laughs> curious uh, um, college student. So I ended up going, you know, I'm going to study abroad and um, communicative disorders was not something that you really focus on internationally. Like the programs were yeah. stateside. So for me to study abroad, I had to go for art specifically. Yeah. So I went mm-hmm. to uh, L'Accademia di Belli Arti, which is where the David is housed. And yeah. I studied painting and sculpture at that school. And I just was like, I love creating. I like making things with my hands. Mm-hmm. I like, I made something at that um, school. That was the first time I had felt I made art, meaning like, I mm, yeah. had a feeling I made a mm-hmm. sculpture and when people looked at it, they felt what I was feeling when I made it. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm an artist. I made yeah. <laughs> things that I felt. Oh my goodness. So it was yep. that moment that I was like, wow, I really like three dimensional art. So when I got mm-hmm. home from studying abroad, I started really getting into, I was always interested in color and layering color. Um, I put that originally on my dad being, he's also colorblind. So growing up, I would help him dress in the morning and mm-hmm. kind of like mm. match his socks and shoes and pants. And I've always been a, uh, someone who really likes to organize things in like, I ate my Skittles organized. Like I wouldn't just yeah. like eat them. Really. I'd like separate them all out and then like eat them in categories. So I've always been kind of like, yeah. that me that way, but art in general, um, has always been a part of my life. My mom's an artist and there's six of us in my family. So she did a lot mm-hmm. of crafting stuff in our home that I thought was mm-hmm. just normal, you know, like, Oh, yeah. I doesn't own a tracing table. I don't know. I just, studying <laughs> abroad was really the pivoting point of me being like, I want to be, I, I want to work with my hands and I want to do something I'm really passionate about. And yeah. uh, I decided to just pursue that with everything inside of me. Man. So cool. And I mean, look, it's like this simple, but really elegant concept, even because would you say that when your business started really growing, do you feel like, because clearly if, if I Google, um, or if I search on Pinterest, you know, paint palette or color palette, your, your brand's going to pop up, you know, every time. So do you feel like that that was a, was that intentional for it to feel that way? You know what I mean? Or was it more just born out of the love of color and mixing? And I don't think it was intentional to be Pinterest, like Pinterest famous or whatever. I didn't realize it would be that like millions of pins on these photos, the ones the classic photos of the brushes and the three Mm -hmm. swatches. Now I see like Sherwin Williams is doing some little, I don't know. Yeah. Like what I did. Yeah. Uh, so I see a lot of branding now adopting that sort of three paintbrush look. And I think it's yeah. 
being inspired originally just by uh, the brand itself, Tono was, it came from the meaning of um, the reference to the color palette. Tono Color mm -hmm. is like a reference to the um, color wheel and the color palette. Mm -hmm. So I thought it would be really great to show kind of the roots of why I was making, like ribbon isn't ever really been why I create fabric. It's been the color. It's been the color. Yeah. It's been the, the development of something I haven't seen before. And at the time there wasn't a lot of, um, options for color. It was a lot of blush and nude and white mm -hmm. and blue. And I was getting clients that wanted burgundy and one specific client yeah. actually asked for oxblood red or, you know, <laughs> these colors that I couldn't find. So I just started mixing them myself. And when it became a brand, I wanted people to know that clearly that the, the ribbon is sort of, it comes from the understanding of paint and color. And it mm -hmm. kind of is the product of that. Insert any product there and you yeah basis is color. It's not about really the silk or the ribbon. That's just kind mm -hmm. of my uh, way of getting it out of my body. It doesn't need to be. Yeah. So yeah, I think uh, it, it definitely was very intentional to make paint be the focus. It, it was not my intention uh, to really like storm the Pinterest <laughs> boards. I had yeah. no idea that it would become that viral. Yeah, it's crazy. It's great though. It's beautiful. I mean, I remember the first time I saw it because I've played, you know, I've painted I guess really, I mean, for years and years, you know, I mean, 12, 15 years now, you know, in some form or another. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, I'm, I've, the moment Pinterest was born, I was looking up paint photos, you know? So anyway, and still it's my favorite thing to get on and scroll, you know, scroll through. Pinterest is I my know. number one. I just like, I can just go down a Pinterest wormhole, no problem mm -hmm. organizing, finding more things. I've, it's yeah. very interesting to me. And actually that, that, those paint pictures were developed because uh, I had my friend Gabriella who studied abroad with me. Uh, I had her come help me. So when Lucia utterly engaged, which I mentioned, um, offered me to, you know, said, Hey, I want to want to sell your products. And this is mm -hmm. kind of the quantity I'm looking for. I thought, Oh shoot, like we need to make this like a real thing. You know, we got to yeah. like take pictures. I need like, yeah. yeah. Ask for product shots. I'm like, Oh gosh, I don't have product shots. So I called <laughs> Gabriella and I was like, Hey Gabby, you're so good at painting. And at that time she was still an active painter. I was, you know, really involved mm -hmm. in forestry. So I hadn't been painting regularly. And you, can you come help me match these ribbons to paint swatches so that I can take these yeah. products out? So it was actually, Gabriella is the one who really uh, helped me um, make the paint swatches. And she mm -hmm. had just, she's now not with the company mostly mm -hmm. due to COVID, but was with us for five years. And she's mm -hmm. now uh, decided instead of coming back to be a full-time painter. So I'm excited. All for right. Her like real artists, you know, she's right. like, like that real deal. Totally legit. Yeah. That's awesome. So with all the, with all the growth, what does your day look like now? What yeah. are you able to do as much creating as, you know, I think in the beginning when you're, it's just you, you kind of have to do everything. So what is, what does the day look like for you now? Well, that's a little bit of a two-sided coin there because there's pre-COVID, post-COVID. Okay. Mm. <laughs> Let's just go with like average pre-COVID. Yeah. We're just going to assume that's your typical day. <laughs> I'm very involved. I don't have the team I had. I mentioned Gabby, Gabriella's not with us anymore. We had a team of five full-time and two part-time gals and we don't have that team anymore. So I'm involved even in writing thank you notes back down to the mm -hmm. nitty-gritty of uh, the beginning of the, the business. But pre-COVID, my main role was, I would say, creative director. I was working on a lot of prototypes. I obsess about mm -hmm. prototypes. I think that's 
really what I love to do is coming up with different silk products that we can make more colorful. Like right now, our current prototype is silk pillowcases, which I love. because oh, They're so beautiful. Like make your bed colorful makes me really yes. excited. Um, we've got oh, they're so pretty. Um, some fun prototypes in the works of some wearable clothes. So like you can wear some fun colors. Um, yeah, I think like working and exploring on how to get people interested in having color in their day-to-day lives is really what I was doing pre-COVID, working with the manufacturer, developing products as I'm super particular about texture and quality. So um, it takes mm-hmm. me a long time to make a new product because I like to use it for like six months to a year before I put it out there. So yep. I think that was really my um, overseeing new colors. We had, um, we do a weekly meeting with our team and we had a dye meeting once a week. So we get together and we um, see the colors for the week and how they came out. And a lot of our philosophy at Tono was to be able to offer, like, let's say you fell in love with our color Oro five years ago, you can still get Oro and you can now get it in a pillowcase and mm-hmm. a scarf. Um, you know, you can uh, get it in a hanky, ribbons. So that color is still true to what it was. The only downside of that, um, having that be your structure is that sometimes when you, it's hand dyed. So it sometimes yeah. doesn't quite look like Oro. So it doesn't pass. Mm-hmm. Test. And we now have like a second, like a, a sample sale bin that we put our ribbons uh, slightly discounted, but they're still perfectly beautiful ribbons. Yeah not perfectly Oro or whatever mm-hmm. color we've dubbed it. So we've kind of worked around that to be able to still sell the product because our, our um, mess ups are still hundred percent silk. So they're not quite, yeah. can't like crumple they're up. They're not really messed up. Right. <laughs> no. So the, that, that method of doing a product was a little bit challenging for a minute there. We just had this stack of like, oopsie, you know, it didn't quite make the production. And then we're like, what do we do with all this silk? Oh yeah. We're, I mean, it's still beautiful and it still works. So yeah. Um, yeah, I think now, uh, what I do is more hands-on for the business. Like yesterday I dyed a panel of our cloud ribbon. So I kind of just float around and support as much as I can. And we have our anniversary Mm -hmm. sale. So you bet your butt, I'll be pulling out ribbons out of the bins and I'll be writing Mm -hmm. thank you notes and stuff in the envelopes and getting all the out the door, which I hadn't, I haven't been involved in actually like tearing the ribbon and making the products in years. So it felt really good to get back to it and see what was necessary and some systems weren't quite refined. So I've been able to go back through and, you know, go like, Hey, we don't need this envelope. It's just trash. Like, why are we buying, you know, this envelope? There were just things that I would have never looked twice at if it wasn't for being back in the hands-on seat of of production. So yeah, Mm -hmm. I I definitely was still able to be creative pre COVID and definitely post COVID. I, I feel like I'm a little bit more assembly line, less, um, but, but not really. Uh, I feel like I'm just managing more. My days feel a lot longer. I was, um, yeah, I had a little bit more free time pre COVID. Now I'm, mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm longer yes. days than when everyone was talking about being, you know, having so much free time. I was like, ah, I'm not. Come help me because I'm over here. <laughs> I'm drowning. Ordered. So I'm just happy that people are still interested in our products with COVID. I wasn't sure, you know, the whole language of essential. I'm like, is silk essential? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but I yeah. think the color is. People really, it, it is essential. It's, um, I didn't realize how powerful the images are just as like a break on social media mm-hmm. for see our, our platform is such a space of, um, uplifting and joy and kindness. It just has this like colorful palette, just make you feel happy. It's just, it it really stimulates you. So I feel, I didn't really realize that our Instagram page was for that, for people. Like I've had people just, I've had a day, 
a bad day and I'm just gonna, uh, yeah. I'm just gonna look at your feed because it makes yeah. me happy. And I didn't really notice that. And people are more verbal about that now. Um, I think yeah. they're just like, I need you to post a photo because I need to look at something pretty. Yeah. Right. Yeah, we've talked about that, yeah. just Shauna and I, and on the podcast about just beauty and how, you know, we just need that right now. Mm-hmm. We need people creating beautiful things yeah. and putting out inspiring content that's, you know, kind of a reprieve from everything. Mm-hmm. Where do you get your inspiration? Nature, for sure. Other yeah. nature, mm-hmm. ending the florist, which is also nature. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, just the natural world around you. You know, I'll see a color I'm really attracted to and then we replicate it. Um, sometimes it's fashion and interior design. Like a lot of, mm-hmm. like especially vintage fashion, uh, we have a color called lichen that was replicated after an old chair from my husband's grandmother that we have in our home. It's like this chartreuse velvet mm-hmm. chair in our in mm-hmm. our living room. And I just love that chair. Every time I walk into the room, it makes me smile. So I'm like, we got to... We got to make yeah. a color that looks chartreuse because it just makes me happy. So a lot of the colors come from that or painting. You know, there's those primary colors that I wanted to start the brand with. And now we've kind of like filled in the gaps. And a lot of our color collections have six or plus colors in them. Like our blue collection is big now. And um, how to expand on those is sort of offering like our original blue collection was very cool blue, meaning it's like, mm-hmm. Um, not warm you know it doesn't have any yellow or orange undertones and so Mm -hmm. we developed a warm blue palette kind of to give people both options that are they working warm palette are they working in a cool palette which some people aren't even aware of but I feel like when I approach color now like our um, our yellow collection is all very warm oro honey Mm -hmm. cream and if we developed that yellow collection was the plan pre-covid for summer um I would do a, a cool yellow, which is definitely mm-hmm. a fun kind of like, not highlighter, but just like a, yeah. a cool yellow is a weird, fun colors. Mm-hmm. It is weird. <laughs> Sounds like an oxymoron. You know? <laughs> yes. but, it does, but there's warm and cool of every color. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah. fun to, to re, revisit kind of the color wheel every time we approach. And our studio has so much color inspiration around and we Every, um, every pigment we own in the studio, we have a dye swatch of. So we're able to really lay that out on the table and go, okay, we're having issues with this one color. It's not really, it's, it's too brown. I don't know why. Similar to if you mix a bunch of paint together too much, it'll turn mm-hmm. brown. Yeah. Same thing yeah. happens when dyeing fabrics that you'll get this kind of muddy undertone. Right. So we pull out, the, we pull out all the, the raw pigments, our, our like fabric sheets, and um, we just discuss it and then make slight changes. And everything is uh, mm-hmm. a science. Over here, as far as we weigh out every pigment, and we can make subtle changes to the fabric, like the the fabric I told you I dyed yesterday, we were having some issues with it turning out too brown, so it just looked gray. Um, and we adjusted the recipe, and it's mm-hmm. beautiful. I'm really happy with the results. So it's just kind of, I I like it. It's um, it feels like a mix of painting, but also science, and it's tactile and it's colorful. Mm-hmm. So it's the perfect job for me, for sure. Yeah. Man, how fun. I think we could probably wind up asking you 30 more questions and be on here for two and a half hours, I feel like, because <laughs> that's right up our alley. We're huge color oh, and it, paint lovers. so It totally is. We oh. we talk about paint just together yeah. a lot. Like, 
a lot. <laughs> not a normal and amount. Pigments and, you know, brushes, mm-hmm. palettes. I mean, anything. Um, we, we really love paint and color as well. And it, it's so interesting. And I love that you touched on this because I think people feel like if you're in a creative industry, it's this very like loosey goosey, mm-hmm. you know, you're just this artsy person. It's, there's not precision. There's not any of that when it art is highly technical, it's very technical. Yeah. And especially when you're getting into having to, so color mixing is one thing, but color mixing, so it can be produced on yeah. a, on Replicated a, again. Yeah, that's, that has to be very specific. And, mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if everybody really appreciates that, you know, it's, oh, you dye ribbon and arrange flowers, and all, but there's this whole, like, not only is there the business component, but then there's that creative component. Yeah. And then there's definitely that technical side of things that, um, yeah. I just think a lot, I just wanted to highlight it. Cause I don't think a lot of people yeah. are aware of it. Yeah, I think well, I, I think about color more than most people do. I would say, I mean, yeah, oh, I yeah. found a post. Yeah that I love the color of and I literally bought the post-it so I could bring it to the studio and find see if I can mm-hmm. make a recipe to match the post-it color because I like mm-hmm. color so a lot of it and like I talk about this I teach an online course called color confidence that I launched in April during COVID um, and I've taught a few times uh, a few different sessions is that it color comes from everywhere I mean it, it can be cultural it can be emotional it can be attached to memory so certain people can have different triggers with color Mm-hmm. Um, it could be, I mean, it's just the way color works in your eyes blows my mind that just like the idea mm-hmm. is that it's different for every eye, like everybody mm-hmm. sees color the way they see color and like yeah. that's the way it goes. And then you can educate yourself on the fine arts, like, like you were saying, kind of the, um, more systemized way of arranging color, which we would know as like the color wheel and like mm-hmm. some sort of like, a, um, adapted, um, uh, systems, but then there's also this intuitive part about color, like that post-it note, you know, I just liked it and I just intuitively yeah. me and I going to try to make a color and we don't really have a color like that. So I was like, Hmm, I like this. And so there's work that is systemized where, uh, you know, I'm creating, like, I need a complement to this, or I need an analogous mm-hmm. palette or all these sort of systemized ways of organizing color. But then a lot of times it, it is just this, uh, intuitive place that it comes mm-hmm. from. Yeah, I think it's worth definitely exploring. And I found out when writing this curriculum over the last few months that Sir Isaac Newton developed the color wheel during a pandemic. Really? I oh, yeah. did. I knew he developed the color wheel, but I didn't know it was during during a, a pandemic. pandemic. He was on oh, crazy, and he was playing with light through the window with his prisms, and he started to uh, discover the fact that crazy. light. Was refracted in this sort of red, orange, yellow, green, blue, purple, violet, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Live, and he's the one that founded it during that, during um, his pandemic. So I just thought that that was wow. so cool to launch this color confidence course during a pandemic that Sir Isaac Newton founded the mm-hmm. systematic principles that I teach on. So I thought that was really neat and worth yes. hearing, you know? Totally. Can you tell us a little bit more about this, um, the course, if people are interested in taking yeah, it, like kind of who it's is, for and how do they sure. sign up or purchase it? The course is open right now. It's We have nine, maybe eight seats left, I think, um, for our fall session. We'll be doing a winter and a spring. So if you miss the fall, you've still got, I'll open it up again. Um, the course currently has 
mostly florists that take it because obviously that's how I started was in forestry, but I've had all different creatives take it. I've had um, interior designer take it, an architect, a couple different graphic designers just trying to learn how to like communicate with their clients better. Um, so it's uh, even like wedding planners that aren't florists, but they're trying to like learn how to like, you know, work with the environment better. The course is for literally any human that is interested in color and wants to learn more about it and how to understand it and communicate color better. It's pretty, like I touch on florals, but it really is a blanket class, whether you're uh, you know, a seamstress or you're a quilt maker or you're a mm -hmm. florist or an interior designer, whatever you are, you're going to yeah. learn something from the class because there's nothing out there like it. I did a bunch of research, mm -hmm. couldn't find anything remotely close and, um, a lot of color theory literature is quite difficult to digest if you're not a painter. A lot of literature is based mm -hmm. and created for painters, which is great. But what if yeah. you're a creative that loves color and you're not a physical painter? How do you learn about color? So the course, I really tried to abstract it and pull it out of the concept of having to have these tubes of paint to understand color yeah. and break it down into something that's environmental. And it's a four... Uh, four part lecture, one hour each um, of the parts. And the first class is uh, color, um, color. Wow. Now I can't think. <laughs> <laughs> we had someone forget her subtitle for her book. So yeah. you're good. Well, whatever. <laughs> okay. it's like we just forget what we create. Yeah, the first class is an introductory. So we just talk about, like I was mentioning, um, just all sorts of like emotional aspects of color mm -hmm. in it. We do, we, I make our students do some homework where they go around their home and they pull color from like, what's their current environment? And is there anything that stuck out that they don't like? And we talk about that. Um, our second session goes into the history and kind of how your eye works and how color really does affect the environment that you're around. And then the last two sessions are about harmony, kind of like I was mentioning that systemized way of harmony. So learning about, you know, analogous and complementary and all these things. And then the last day I go over, um, how to create harmony and use some tools. Like there's some really cool tools online to like pull color palettes and, um, mm -hmm. and how to organize it on a, I showed them how to use Canva uh, or Canva. I don't know how to actually mm -hmm. pronounce that, uh, but it's a really great platform to just organize your swatches to present, you know, a color story. Mm -hmm. So it's yeah. all in all, we learn about it. And then I teach you applications so you can walk away and use the new tools. I'm going to go crazy. I can't remember my first class. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> totally get it. It's fine. It just can't all stay in there all the time and be at the no. ready, you know? <laughs> no. Man, that sounds like, I, I love, I buy books, lots of books on, on color, color, but you're right. Yeah. It does get a little, like they're super, um, they can be super technical yeah. and which you think color is not going to be, but it's very, very, very technical, but, mm -hmm. but fascinating. And I would encourage you guys, if you're interested at all in color, definitely follow, um, give Tono and Co a follow mm -hmm. or anywhere else where you can find Janelle online. And, um, it sounds like this, the course is fascinating. Um, mm -hmm. how long is your anniversary sale going on for oh, this podcast, my air when it's 59 Pacific standard time. So it just started at 8am this morning. It's 20% off store wide. It's our biggest sale of the year and you can get anything your heart desires in there for 20% off. And <laughs> We are also offering free shipping on hundred over a hundred dollars, which is really easy to do with the sale. So just most people will probably get free shipping too. Cool. Awesome. Yeah, we're I'm gonna have to go check it out. Yeah, I me too. I haven't bought any of your ribbon yet, which I can't believe I haven't done that. They're a life changer. Okay. Like the okay. silk hanky 
is in your hair. The scout is a really nice neckerchief, kind of more of a classic bandana. And then we have our cla- the classic, which is it's like a double scarf, something you would want in the winter that you can wrap around your neck twice and tie it up. Uh-huh. Nice. I'm in Minnesota, so I'm all in favor of that sort of thing. I'm in Alabama. <laughs> I may need to stick with ribbon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I love your ribbon. Man, it's beautiful. And everything. Well, walking. thank you for they just telling us the whole. Oh, I'm cutting you off. You're talking. I'm talking. It's I'm having internet issues. Go ahead. <laughs> just saying thank you also for having me. I really enjoyed chatting with you. I know. So I mean, we'll f- you've just got, I feel like a well of stories and fun ideas and thoughts. So yeah, we may have to have you back on sometime and talk about something yeah. different. That's awesome. Janelle's someone you want to just go out and have a lo- really long dinner, with, an yeah. Italian style dinner with where That's you right. start at like eight o'clock and you sit at the table till 1130 and then you finally go. <laughs> yes. Gosh. That um, would be great. So before, before we let you go, um, we ask, we always share a creative contraption at the end of our episode, just some creative tool that we love using. And we would love for you to share one of your cre- favorite creative tools with our audience. I'm going to have to say my iPad. I know that's, uh, <laughs> yes, that's okay. My iPad is one of my favorite things. I, I'm not even like a huge, I guess I am an Apple fan because I own the iPad, but I think it's just the tool as a creative, the one that includes the pen. So you can like mm-hmm. draw your concept. So I'm, I've always been a drawer, drawer. Yeah. That's the word. It sounds mm-hmm. weird. Uh, Sketcher. Yeah. One who sketches and uh, <laughs> I, uh, to present ideas, the clients, I was always sketching in my notebook and then scanning it in and emailing it to the client. And it's so nice to be able to have like my pen at my fingertips and I can even mm-hmm. like image of, whatever we're discussing, whether like, at least for floristry, let's say you need some sort of big altar arrangement. I can actually photograph where you're getting married and sketch mm-hmm. in my idea for proposals. So to me, it's a, a tool that I have to have. Obviously, um, it sounds like not as absolutely um, romantic as some other things. Um, probably mm-hmm. also color cards, having color cards to communicate with mm-hmm. clients are the best. Pantone has a set, but I, I just mm-hmm. made a set through Tono they'll be launching soon. We just are getting them from the printer. So uh, there'll, there'll be color cards of all uh, 43 of our Tono colors that you'll be able to like Fun. talk to clients and organize. And you can also just use them as postcards and send them to your friends and family. Oh, I'm like all over that. I love, <laughs> I love paint decks and color cards and color wheels and color charts. Mm. <laughs> So they, they originally, I designed them for our care card. They go in the, you know, they go in the orders to tell you mm-hmm. how to label your silk and, you know, what to do, how to clean it. And, um, I launched it and everyone's like, how do I buy a pack? And I was like, Oh, I didn't think of that. Like, uh, I, would want these. I want all of them. So we developed yeah. like a postcard version that you can buy all 43 in the little pack and those will be coming out. Cool. Yay. Okay. Well, I'm getting one of those. I know. So how do you, um, and what app do you use for drawing out your ideas? I use Adobe draw and, um, Mm -hmm. to translate said information into a proposal, Canva or Canva. Mm -hmm. I don't know exactly how to pronounce that, but, um, yeah. So Adobe draw is the best just for really getting, um, some line work in, and then you can save the image and email it or transfer and it's just a simple program I'm not super tech savvy so that's Mm -hmm. I don't have a lot of like I don't use InDesign or Photoshop or any sort of digital creative platforms other than those so if anyone's listening to this like oh my gosh she's probably like a graphic designer definitely not I just Mm -hmm. 
a really easy platform to use and it's pretty um, dummy proof, at least for me. Like I'm able to do yeah. that um, confidently. So, yeah. I love that too, that capability to draw, because that, that's such a crucial thing when you're creative to be able to communicate what you're envisioning mm -hmm. in your head to somebody else. And if you, like on a computer with a mouse, mm -hmm. I, I just like, I can't, I can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> but if I can have a pen and draw it on the picture, like you said, then I can, you know, I can articulate what it. I'm yeah. trying to, yeah, trying to think of. So, um, yeah, so I really relate to that. Definitely. I love mm -hmm. my iPad too, <laughs> for Me that too. reason. I tried to think of something but, real creative, but that kept popping into my head. <laughs> like, you know, like truly that would be the one tool that like, if I had to pick one to work with, it would have to be that just cause it does yeah. all for me. And when I was younger in, in art school, I really wanted, uh, it was popular to have a Wacom tablet, which like, mm -hmm. some, you know, kids that could have them have them. And I was always like, man, one day I'm going to have one. And then the iPad came out and it's basically like a Wacom tablet that you can also <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, awesome. the iPad has not made it yet to our our list of creative. It has not. So it's, this is the first. Yeah, but it, yep. but it is a good one. So I'm, to really I'm give you some like typewriter or like something <laughs> really like you know romantic and like analog. But um, right. <laughs> not okay. I couldn't get away from that. <laughs> yeah. Well, the you know if the tools are serving you, then that's, that's right. You know, that's what they're there for. That's no matter right. what they, no matter what they are. So, well, thanks for joining us, Janelle. It's it yeah. was so great to meet you. And um, if you want to follow her on Instagram, it's at at. Oh, oh hold on. Let me get it right here. <laughs> that it's. Um, why don't you just take it over? Yeah, it's <laughs> at Tono T O N O and Co. At Tono okay. Co. Uh, but the and is spelled out. That's why I just, because sometimes people mm -hmm. do dots. And the, so I knew it was Tono and Co, but I want it. So it's just all spelled out. Yeah. T-O-N-O -O and C-O. Yep. Okay. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks for joining us. And um, guys, make sure you like and comment and subscribe and all of that good stuff. Yeah. If you like our podcast and uh, go follow Janelle on Instagram and wherever else. I'm sure if you Google her, Google <laughs> Tono and Co, you're going to find her all over the internet. And um, and then we will uh, we'll see you next time on the podcast. Bye, see you later. Thank you for listening to the Creative Exponent podcast. Our original theme was written by A Walker Spring and recorded by Ellie Swope and Johan Wagner. And if you like The Creative Exponent, please subscribe and leave us a review. You can find us at www.thecreativeexponent.com. And you can also send us an email at hello at creativeexponent.com.